When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I read the first three, Iron Gold was out, and I decided, no, I'm satisfied. This is all I need. I, I don't need another series. I'm going to go to something else because I was satisfied. Mm. And this guy over here insisted that I read it because we're going to have to continue on the series. It's his new thing. Love the Rising. And so I read it. And I wish I didn't. Oh. Welcome back, everybody, to another Tudor Ramble episode. I am the best co-host here. My name's Austin. I am the superior host, Richard. I am the more exemplary co-host, Austin. I am the mag magnificent host i ran out of vocab okay you win <laughs> i barely read I'll, I'll be honest i was thinking of a fancier word and i couldn't and well, so i went with go, what would the fancier word have been oh god magnum um I, I i just fumbled that with my head like i know there's a word there like, have, you thought, have you ever like there's a word there you know there's a specific word for it yeah. but it's just gone and, like, you just have this hodgepodge of letters that you think kind of belong to Rich, I relate to that because not much goes on up here. Okay. Yeah, no. Like, <laughs> you only get, like, a blurry photo of the word. Yeah. The whole thing ain't there. You yeah. did see it before. You took the picture. It's just a, it's hard it's to like see. Tw- it's 12 pixels. I get you. Exactly. I'm, I'm yeah. there. I'm there. <laughs> well, hey, by the way, we're talking about Iron Gold. <laughs> yep, there we go. That's what we're here. This is book four of the Red Rising series saga, I should say, because the first three books of Red Rising is its own completed thing. You can read that and be satisfied. But then Pierce Brown saw it's super successful. He has a lot more he wants to say. He has this sequel series that continues with Darrow. Now, by the way, this will be spoiler free on Iron Gold for the first five to ten minutes. Then we will talk spoilers, but just quickly saying this, Iron Gold being book four, we are going to answer the question for those of you who have not read this yet. Richard, mm-hmm. what would you say to that person out there that says, I read the first three, the trilogy, Red Rising, Golden Sun, and Morningstar. I was satisfied, or I'm like, maybe maybe I'm here or there. I don't know if I should continue reading. What would you say to that person right there? That, per- that person's name's Dave. All right, Dave. Yeah. I'm talking to you. Dave. I was just like you. I read the first three. Iron Gold was out. And I decided, no, I'm satisfied. This is all I need. I, I don't need another series. I'm going to go to something else because I was satisfied. Mm. And this guy over here insisted that I read it because we're going to have to continue on the series. It's his new thing. Love the Rising. And so I read it. And I wish I didn't. Oh. Oh. Now, that's all that the caveat is. That's only if you get to Iron Gold. If Iron Gold is the only thing out, I probably wouldn't want to continue on. However, there's Dark Age and Lightbringer out, and I haven't read Dark Age, but I hear that that book is worth trudging through Iron Gold. And I understand about a series that's worth trudging through the slog. Will it's I understand. <laughs> zoom in right above your head yeah i get it so sometimes the juice is worth the squeeze but this was a hard lemon to squeeze this was rough as someone who has read dark age Mm -hmm. i did not read lightbringer yet dark age was very much worth it and it's a great book we will talk about that when we get to dark age but iron gold i will agree with you rich for a red rising novel i was so disappointed yeah. And I will, when we get the spoilers, so let's say the things we did like about it, but mo- there's more things that we disliked. And yeah. we are pretty much on the same page with that. And now, one more thing, Rich. Mm-hmm. For that Dave out there, what if that Dave person, you know, he's questioning whether he should continue reading Iron Gold, but he's also questioning, how can I talk with Richard and Austin more? Well, I mean, Dave, 
if you're really struggling, you want to reach out to a couple of book nerds, you're welcome to actually support us on Patreon, mm. where you get to join our exclusive Discord server. It's a monthly book club. It is. It's a ton of fun. It is. What it, an exquisite transition that was, by the way. It, it's honestly what a magnanimous, <laughs> magnificent, whatever word you're trying to say, transition. <laughs> you just gave me the alley. I appreciate that. So, but yeah, yeah, it's if you want to support us, it's a great chance to do so. And you get to talk with us about books. It's a ton of fun. Now, with Iron Gold staying spoiler free, of course, of course. This, I'll, I'll, mind if I answer this and don't ask you the question? This is your thing. Let, Go let ahead. Just, I'll just recap real quick. So coming off of Gold, sorry, not Gold Sun, Morningstar, the last uh, end of the trilogy, the Red Rising trilogy, this is a 10-year time skip with Darrow. So he's 33 or so now. He's in his 30s, and he has a kid packed, as we found out at the end of Morningstar. And he, he gets this time skip, and this book is from four different point of views. You have Darrow, you have Lysander, you have two new characters being introduced, Lyria and Ephraim. And we'll get more into that and what we think about each of those point of views. But this is definitely bigger in scale. There's more world to it. But I think our point is that we didn't like a lot of the choices that were made. We'll get into. But yeah. keeping, keeping this, what you should anticipate going into Iron Gold is it's much grander. And there will be those of you out there who won't. So if you're if you're hesitant to read this, I can see this being someone's thing. Though... Pierce Brown himself in interviews is aware that Iron Gold is one of the books that really didn't hit and land with the Red Rising fans. He has acknowledged that Iron Gold is one of those books that people appreciate more over time. Now, to that point. Yes. Now that you've read Dark, Dark Age. I have read, yes. Do you appreciate Iron Gold more after reading Dark Age? No. But I see why he would I see why he would say that people appreciate it more because Dark Age is only possible because of the built the setup that Iron Gold did. So I totally get what he's saying. So Iron Gold alone is still a disappointing book, but without Iron Gold, you can't have what I thought was a great Dark Age book. That makes sense. Okay. So it definitely set up a lot so that you could get right into it in Dark Age. Mm. But with Iron Gold, so he has acknowledged that and he said people that read the subsequent novels like Dark Age and now Lightbringers out appreciate this more and we'll see if that's the case for you when you read dark age yeah i'll be we'll see hey for the first time i'm gonna i'm the slow reader oh austin's peeled ahead of me so right i've been reading other stuff so then how about this rich what is your spoiler free rating for iron gold book four of the red rising saga well my official rambler rating out of 10 you gotta say richard rambler rating okay it's just you have the, the name for the alliteration. Can you just get used to it? I'll tr I'll do my best. Okay. The official Richard Rambler rating, better it, out of ten, is a five point three five. Very average. Yeah, it's competently written. Mm -hmm. That's ultimately what I have to say about it. Pierce Brown is a very good writer, and so even if I don't like the choices that he makes, at the very least, dialogue is well written. Like it's competent i understand what's going on the plot is coherent so things don't like just nonsense it doesn't make sense and doesn't flow together like the things make sense i've read very incompetent books where the plot breaks down the dialogue is so confusing like so i at least have to give it that imagine me in school handing in an essay i've worked i don't know how long you worked on it like a year on my whole thesis and the the report is it was legible <laughs> that's, that's what you said about iron gold that's <laughs> i guess <laughs> okay that that's fair but my my i can't even give you crap for that because my rating for iron gold is a 4.9 my god and i have a higher red rising score than you morning star years was higher as well the past two books that is true and what's even weirder though is me being this disappointed by it uh, how how do you feel Look, that we're it makes sense to me that we both equally disliked it you are more disappointed by it yes i was yeah. not as disappointed yes we're we're equally in our ratings pretty close but i'm more significantly more disappointed than you that's a, yeah. that's a really fair way of putting it and if you could say spoiler free still where your disappointment lies before we get into spoilers what would you snip in give the, those people the best way to put it like the number one issue is Going from the first trilogy, which was just single POV of Darrow, going into this book, it's now four POVs, and three of them 
really didn't land for me. Mm. Like, like bad. Can you say which like three? Real boring. It, Darrow and Ephraim, Ephraim and, and Lyria. Lyria. Okay. They didn't land at all. <sighs> Lysander was good. I liked Lysander. He saved this book. <laughs> oh, it would have been a miserable read if Lysander wasn't in here. Now, I have to so, ask you, though, just like I'm trudging through Wheel of Time, you will continue to Dark Age. I will. I good, will continue. Good I, I did. Prime, good men. I picked up Dark Age and was reading about a couple pages, yeah. and I just went, I don't care. Oh. I don't want to. <laughs> it was... Oh no! This, this book really killed my enthusiasm. Well, let's get specific. So I, and, I'm gonna have to get into it. As I will agree with you, by the way, on the point of views and the character, the new characters didn't land, and choices with Darrow. Oh boy! Okay, well, let's get spoilers. But you haven't given your score. Oh, I, did I not get my score? Yeah, I don't four point nine. Okay, yeah. good. You never, never listened to me. I don't. It's a, <laughs> I, I make it a. It's an active habit. I feel like I said that, right? No, you didn't. I, I, did. I just forgot. It's you, you could have gaslit me into saying I didn't say that. I, I was very easy. I was questioning it. myself there. Like, really? Okay. So, time for spoilers? Time for spoilers. All right. Spoiler warning is now. Click off the video if you hate us. Aha, that's how you keep there you go. around. All right. Here we go. Spoiler section. What did you give emotional impact out of 10? Emotional impact, I gave a 5.35 out of 10. Okay. This is probably our biggest difference on a rating then. Mm. I guess my disappointment really shows because I gave it a 3.9. I couldn't I couldn't give it the four. I had to give it mm. the four of how disappointed I was. I, now, I thought some action moments really helped me. It's fair. I liked some of the world stuff that was explored, and especially with Lysander. I really enjoyed the Lysander parts quite a bit, actually. Mm. That that bumped me up to the five, I see 5. 5.35. If I didn't have Lysander or if Lysander was just slightly worse, it would be in the fours or threes. Why is it a low rating though? Now that we can talk specific, why so low? Oof. I think let's, let's go down each POV. Let's start with the less important and work our way up to the Well, we could do that with characters even more specifically. Yeah, but well, it, it yeah. ultimately comes down to characters. Yeah. Is the choices made by the characters seems very dull. And for this, for a Red Rising story, Red Rising is all about its characters and its plot, like fast action that is really active, surprising. There's a lot of twists and turns, and it just is exciting. And with its characters are really lovable. You get right behind them. It's There's not like a really lethargic character where you have to slowly grow on you. None of that. Red Rising is like out of the gate. You're off to the races. This book is not that. Where there's other books where I I may not enjoy the characters and the plot may be a little slow, but you know what? The world carries me through. The vibe of the place that I'm exploring carries me through the book. The vibe of Red Rising doesn't carry me through not exciting characters and very boring plot. To your point on, I think especially Darrow, mm -hmm. where... What was different about Iron Gold than the previous three that really landed is think about Darrow's part one in Red Rising, Golden Sun, Morningstar, especially think in, in Red Rising and Golden Sun. His part one in the sequence was uh, EO dying in the beginning, then deciding to go mm -hmm. and infiltrate the golds. And part two was him deciding, wait a second, I won't commit terrorism. I will commit, I will start a civil war. And he had that mission. Boom. I feel like, and I think this is a problem because there's four point of views in here. In all of Iron Gold, we got a part one of Darrow. Where think of his beginning to end in this book. Mm -hmm. At the very end of the book, he has that moment, that switch, which is why when you'll get to Dark Age, where I think Dark Age is really good. But the this whole book, we have Darrow finding that moment he has in the part one of Red Rising and Golden Sun, where he has his, okay, my son's gone. Okay, everything's... Um, I'm fighting. It's over. Like that, he has his Darrow moment of I've decided. Mm -hmm. Whereas with the previous ones that happened in like the first ten chapters, so there was a pacing difference mm -hmm. and something that was off, and that could be a, that could be a positive for some people because it expanded the world and was more of a I guess political drama and expansive. But that's why Darrow seemed very different. And can I jump on one more thing and interrupt? Whatever I, I did want to oh, yeah. just point 
point in mind that we're going to talk about in plot mm-hmm. that this became more of a political drama. Mm. I agree with you, and the political the political drama is oh. nonsense. Then look, like, I, I, plot. We'll get into that. Yeah, we'll get into sure. that. But like, I, I think it's like very not well handled. <laughs> okay, then how how about this? Because I have a more specifics to say about uh, Darrow's decision and character. So instead of getting mm-hmm. too deep in that emotionally, just keeping it sure. broad for a second, that is what didn't land. And I think the key thing is all these. It does come down to characters emotionally. Each point of view didn't feel super justified. Very much. So. Oh That's, God, that was the biggest. At the problem. very least, two of them, the two new characters, Lice, uh, Ephraim and Ephraim and Lyria. By the end of the book, I was like, "Yeah, I don't need to see them in the second book. I don't need them anymore." Like, yeah. I I don't know why they like. I'm just sitting there going, like, "Do they really need a whole book with these characters?" I could see Pierce Brown's like they deserve a chapter, I, maybe I two. Like, I'm thinking that they are the interlude chapters in the stormlight oh that's a what a you know what i mean oh oh like the character's just, like oh, oh. like it's, it's a throwaway chapter that, in that's, interlude. A, that's a new niche fantasy insult you can like, yeah. that's a yeah at home that that's where they belong <laughs> they don't belong on the main cast they deserve to be that like weird named part three and old springer character yeah. that's just the, in the, the pure lake the uh, yeah the odd character yeah. of the pure lake that's weird i can't even <laughs> what was his name i don't know yeah exactly. he was there <laughs> i i've been struggling with remembering Ephraim's name you've reminded me twice <laughs> so far i have to remind you my own name sometimes so let's let's slow down there. i'm just bad now. you call me justin all the time to be fair they both end in Ins. austin austin's yeah you're austin. right like the whole thing is austin like right i don't think i'm the bad guy <laughs> You're excused. I'll allow it. I don't confuse you with Nick. <laughs> Nick and Austin are different enough. But Justin, I get a pass. I'll, I'll, I will give you that. But as, lo- as long as we're on the same page with Ephraim and Lyria. Yes. I'm with you. And I, I think Pierce Brown's intent here was to show the different levels of society. So you have a different red that's not in Darrow's position now, Lyria. And then you have a gray as Ephraim. And... To me, I guess we'll get more into plot when we talk here, but seeing both ends of the kidnapping of Pax and how Lyria was the one that allowed it to happen because she cozied up to a fake persona of Ephraim's and then Ephraim coming in, so much was focused on that. And this is where all the emotion comes behind of the payoff has to be there. All books are, are, as Brandon Sanderson says, promise, Promise progress, and payoff. And so we're promised this thing with these two characters and building up to this big crescendo and devoting a lot of time to something that just didn't feel super paid off. What yeah. a what a very vague thing to say. I just didn't pay. No, it, I I completely agree with you. Okay, but I think we should get into the character. Let's go specific because this will help us explain our emotions. Yeah, characters. What'd you give it out of ten? I gave it a four point two five. You gave it four point two five. I gave it a, an exact four out of five. So Lysander is carrying this score. Lysander. Lysander's carrying this whole book when it comes to characters. He is he is the Sam of the Lord of the Rings. Yes. Movies. He's got Frodo right on his Without back. Without him, it the characters go down to like a three. <laughs> like maybe sub three. I, I just personally. He was very interesting. This book. Oh yeah. Fascinating character and just great setup. I wanted to know where, where he was going. It was always fun seeing his perspective. Like that's the thing. Every time he was on the page. I was having fun. The moral qualms he had in his head were interesting exactly. and compelling of him growing up as a gold, but also Cassius, Cassius trying to lead him into more honor, but then running into the, um, oh God, what are their names? The, uh, the, the of Io and the Ganymede. Oh my goodness. Augustus. Not Augustus. I know. No, this, is so, this is so terrible. You're, you're Romulus, Romulus. Romulus. Yes, them. You, you don't so, come to me for names. No, That's no. Not, that was a mistake. Never try. <laughs> so, very interesting and compelling yeah. character in that way. We're on the same page. And also just an interesting main character in a way that Darrow isn't. I, mm. I enjoyed that he definitely has main character energy, but in a different direction. Uh, and I can just see how he's a fun foil for Darrow. Like they both play off each other really well. So I enjoyed him quite a bit. Can I say one That's more character I enjoyed? Oh, and then we'll get into the rest. We of both agree. Oh, Oh, you're saying Volga? Volga. Volga. I loved Volga. I wasn't going to say Volga, though. Volga was great. I wanted more Volga. Okay, Volga is great, but I was going to go one more and say Pax. I liked Pax. And one scene that got me with Pax Mm. 
Uh, th- this is the one that did it. He's angry and stubborn with his father and doesn't mm-hmm. show that. But then when he was talking to Lyria, he was exp- he was talking to Lyria, showing that uh, trying to remember her name and remembers people's names because his father tells him that's the thing to do. And he looks up to his father. So I really like the dynamic mm-hmm. of to his father's face, he shows that anger and stubbornness. But when his father's not there, he really respects Darrow. And so that was a cool dynamic of, oh, I could see the, the son. I could see the son's position there and empathize. Sure. But cool scene. Now to get into the more negatives. Yes. Uh, Ooh, first, Darrow, because Darrow's the book of Red Rising. Sure. And why didn't you like Darrow? Right out of the gate, Darrow just seems so neutered, such a neutered character. And. Can I help so you? Passive. Can yeah, I help you with help that? Oh my goodness. Okay, you're gonna 100% agree with me, and I'm gonna feel I'm so happy feel, because feel I great know you're it. about to agree with this. <laughs> so you said neutered and passive. Mm-hmm. I I dove into this book and figured out why didn't I like Daryl's story. Now one of the parts was as I explained before of his whole story here is kind of the part ones of the previous books. Mm-hmm. But think about this as a three act structure. What is Darrow's act one to act two change here? What's the catalyst? Now. I get yeah. his act two change would be when he is actually going against he's been excised from his own yeah, republic. Very very close. I think the specific moment. So look at Red Rising first. Red Rising, the that catalyst moment was uh or I, I should say right after Act One, when he's in Act Two, Darrow kills Julian. I remember that scene where mm-hmm. he put in a spot where it's either kill him or die, and he he decides to go rampage mode and destroys julian and all, regrets it afterwards like has not regrets it has guilt but did it and wouldn't have chosen otherwise because he still needs to get the job done mm-hmm. he killed him intentionally and now a similar scene where it's the act one act two area in iron gold is remember he kills wolfogger but he doesn't kill Wolfogger intentionally we have several kind of shoots this thing at Wolfogger's legs and accidentally falls into Darrow's uh, slink blade and so Darrow accidentally kills Wolfogger which causes the catalyst of this story so the whole time you're reading this it gives Darrow the Mm -hmm. out of being a passive character where he didn't intentionally kill Wolfogger so he kind of got passively put into this position and if he made the decision to kind of go with it and and be more Full-headed or not full-headed? What's the word I'm looking for? Magnemonious about it. <laughs> so whatever that. Still, we're gonna find that word. That we're we're gonna look it up later, so we so we don't feel as dumb after. Oh, someone comment what it was, right? Yeah. But if, <laughs> if you've gotten this far in the video, yeah. comment the word that you think we're trying to say or down just, below, or just comment magnemonious or an M word. Something. There you go. <laughs> but that's the scene where it seems so passive of him to do, and so the whole story we're following. I never put this blame on Darrow, whereas with Red Rising, you could follow it and you understood why Cassius was mad and angry, that you chose to kill my brother. Whereas with this is when ev- when everyone's mad at him for killing Wolfogger, we can't empathize with that anger because he didn't intentionally kill Wolfogger. And it's not only that, it's the obvious choices that he has to make. Yeah. In the previous trilogy, he has options. Mm-hmm. Like the moment where he destroys the, the docks, uh, oh, yes, that was a choice. Yeah, there, there were options on the table, and Ooh. ultimately Ooh. he made like, did he make the right one? Don't know, oh. but he had choices to make. You saying that makes me want to raise Morningstar. Act. Well, I yeah. like that. Down. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. That's a great choice. That's a great choice. Yeah. Well, In this one, wait, 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 wait. hold on. It's a it, okay. It's it's a war crime. <laughs> wait, slow down. War crimes can be cool too. <laughs> It's a great story choice for my interest, for my... Yes, but also... A great choice! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, go on. But in this book, when it comes to dealing with the remnants of the old empire, you gotta get... You're on... they're, They're at death's door! And the fact that everyone's like, okay, we... We basically we've spent ten years fighting them, and we finally have them cornered to one planet. Now's the time to stop. What? <laughs> no, <laughs> this isn't the time to stop. Darrow's totally right, and ultimately, they're just so stupid. And he finally is sitting there, just going like, "They're idiots. They're gonna get us all killed. I just have to go do it myself anyway." Which makes sense. It makes sense. Like 
There's no other option other than like he gets to sit back and say, I told you so. Those are those are options. Sit back and be satisfied with an I told you so to the Senate when inevitably, you know, Venus comes around and actually wrecks them. Or do you actually fight them when they're on their last legs? So you, yeah, you th there's no choice. <laughs> there's the one obvious option you have to do, and it's not compelling. And you had Dancer was leading the Senate there and that group of, yeah. Well, what'd you think while we're talking characters of Dancer, for example? Ugh, I, I get his position. I understand of from a Red's, uh, Red's point of view, you've had, it's a whole decade of war. Mm. I get that. Like, I would even almost understand their position if it was before Mercury, before the the rainfall of Mercury. Let's say the rain failed. Yeah, sometimes. the rain failed, or there's still two planets to go. Mm. Like the end is still a ways off. I get that. Like maybe not, we should try and figure out a negotiation. It's been going on for a decade. The end is still quite another decade to go. Mm. I understand ba that position. Basically, you're saying the position of you're playing chess and you captured their queen and go, let's let's call it a draw. Yes. No. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. Negotiate, and this is a this is a Star Trek clip, by the way. Oh, here we go. But Quark explains to a Vulcan on how actual negotiation happens. We, negotiation negotiation is best had when there's no clear winner, when both sides are kind of equal and nobody knows who's going to win. That's the time to hammer out an agreement. It, but you can't negotiate from a position of like overwhelming strength at that point. Like they either surrender or you wipe them out. That's the options. They aren't going to surrender. So you got to wipe them out. I, I yeah. So that that's my personal thought on. There are every, some historical things that would go against what you said, but. <laughs> yes. I, I get that. But in a book sense and this, this but, geopolitical, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's on top of the fact that they got him on the ropes. They're all the way there. They're back down to one more planet. Like, come on, at least add enough troops. Maybe don't do another Iron Rain, but you know, blockade the planet or something. You couldn't, you couldn't understand, not understand, but maybe empathize as much with Dancer and their point, the Senate's point of view. You were just, yeah. you were more frustrated by it of you needed something else to give them more credence behind their opinion. Yeah. Where the, because the stance of them, Dancer, was that millions just died in the Iron Rain. We can't afford that life, that the amount of lives that were lost. It's been 10 years of war. It took us 10 years to get that planet. How long is it going to get this next planet? Another 10 years? To be fair, they got oh. other planets in that 10 year, in those 10 years. Oh, did I they? don't think it was just like Mercury. They've no, been fighting was... over Mercury for 10 years? Yeah. Uh, so I don't think that was the case, but okay. Yeah, with Mercury and Venus. So I, well, here's the thing. I do agree with you. I think the decision, was, I was with Darrow on that decision. I think the, the big thing for me was that catalyst moment and how Darrow went about it is what did it for me. But I'm, I'm with you. As far as, this, especially enjoyment in a book, you kind of want to see the war. You want to see where that goes. And it's the sneaking suspicion of, if you're thinking in the back of your mind, I know what the answer is to this problem. Just like, here's one more thing that I think was done poorly in the book from Darrow's point of view, is the reveal of, uh, oh, let me find the exact name. I'm, I'm bad with names today for some reason. So the Ash Lord. The reveal of the Ash Lord being incapacitated. Oh, yeah, for that was so obvious. So, so here, yeah, here's here's what oh. I think. The, here's what I think. Part of your problem was with the not not attacking Venus mm -hmm. was maybe you could maybe you could understand the position, but you know where the story should go and what the answer is, and that Daryl is right. You know that Venus is pulling something. Yeah, this is a trick. So just like with the reveal with the Ash Lord in the in the plot. I guess this is more plot. Let's talk about the, with characters for a second. But in how it's done in the sequence of events is it's focused on so much of, oh, the Ash Lord hasn't been around for like three years and there's been no signs and it's super big security. So you know going in, okay, the Ash Lord's either dead, incapacitated or something and it's not going to be a surprise. So the way it was written when Darrow revealed this and it was a big shock to him, we're going, Darrow, I knew this. You should have known this. We yeah. had the same information. 
So is that kind of the rec- correct mind pattern that you had yeah. going into something like that? Yeah, that's okay. kind of that was it happened a lot in the plot. But I think while we're still on characters, we should go over yes. the other ones. Because... Ephraim and Lyria, go ahead. Oh lord. So Lyria, Ephraim at least has a spot. I think in this story, maybe he doesn't deserve as much page time as he got, but I think there's a point for him being there. Lyria, I don't see why she's there. Like ultimately, plot purposes, she's there because she was duped in. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply into a heist a kidnapping plot but ultimately she offers nothing she offers nothing to the plot at all i found a big problem uh, sorry she's go, there go on with that, well, yeah. no, but Lyria's there for mm-hmm. the whole balance is she's supposed to show the thematic difference with the new reds and like their societal position so she wasn't there for the plot she was there for the world and it just did not work very well in this type of book to show maybe the red hand a bit from that perspective yeah to show that that world aspect could you so i tried to help you out with an answer could you help me out with this one i'll do my best because i i found that in again i'm referring back to the books that i loved with red rising i was really attached to eo or maybe just attached to the love that darrow did truly love eo and that had an impact on him as a character and therefore made it compelling Mm-hmm. And that was done in like five chapters. Now, again, Iron Gold has the problem of four point of view. So you have to kind of pack a punch in mm-hmm. one or two chapters. Leary, I think it was the first chapter or first two of her point of views where her family dies. Most of her family dies. I just, I didn't emotionally feel what I felt for Daryl and Eo. Yeah. I, and could you help me out and explain why I felt that way? Or is it just, was it too brief? Was it not enough for me to... I think a lot of it is expected. Like you just okay. know. Like maybe that's with it? EO's death, EO's death was quick. It, it was quick. It was all focused. It was just really heartfelt. It was all focused. With it felt like just the obligatory. Hey, we need to show how nice her family is so we can get. And we know they're dead by the end of the chapter. Like when I was reading that and they're talking about her family, I'm like, oh, they're all dead. I guess EO felt more By real. By the end of the chapter, I, I they're going to be gone. Like EO being there for five chapters has an impact on the whole story, and I could still think back and know her character. Yeah. And know what decisions she'd make at the age of 16 when she died. Yeah. And so, it also just, the reaction as well. I thought Darrow's reaction to EO's death was interesting. Yes, yeah. Where theirs is just kind of expected. She's mm. depressed, she's sad, but also angry at her government for failing her. Mm. Nothing complex there. Not, I, I mean, it's understandable, but not very interesting. Where it, I thought it was really interesting with Darrow of after his wife's death, of course, depressed, but then wants to pick up her cause and going, like, I don't know if I would, like, I wouldn't trade her life for the, re- the, 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 the rising, mm. but she would. And for her, I'll do this. I thought that. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. He's not like fully behind. He's not this. Right. He's not there. He's not this revolutionary in the beginning. Exactly. Yeah. He's doing it for her. Right. And so that makes it kind of interesting from his perspective. And seeing how that changes over time. Exactly. That, that exactly. makes it compelling. Was you're you are explaining it correctly. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Larry is Can like, I call you brother. Well, I'm not there yet. Okay. Co-host. Okay. Is, that about is I, I about just, as close. When I get excited, I try to push the boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I I agree with that and let's go on to Ephraim because there's a couple other characters maybe we should go over unless you had something else with no that's about it I mean Ephraim why didn't Ephraim work for you and this is is significant we rated this four and 4.25 so it was significant enough where three point of views of the book were uninteresting which is why you rated it low I think Ephraim was at least by the end there was a little something more than Lyria like at the very I thought Ephraim started off bad like, I was not interested in his character mm. at all in the beginning. He was the worst by far. <laughs> then over time, like, he had an actual 
plot importance and you could see his point of view a bit more. He started to change. That's why I started to at least appreciate him on his page a little bit. But before that, Red Rising does a great job at like getting you behind likable characters and characters you want to follow behind. And Ephraim's not that. Ephraim ain't that. He's depressed and he's just wrong and is not not depressed as in like you can empathize with it, more just self-destructive and not wanting help to the point of like, okay, just go die already. Like so you are hurting others to the point of like, I leave. Like he's that self-destructive that I just don't have hope for him. You didn't see the hope that Volga had in him. No. Mm. I, I and just how he hurt others. He didn't seem like a likable character. I didn't see like a nugget of good in him. A comment you made while we were reading this is you were talking about Lyria Darrow and Ephraim and felt a very similar almost emo or just depressing, kind of a sulking feeling. Would you yeah. still agree with saying that? You said something similar to that. Yeah. It it was just just edgy and depressive that I was like fine just leave (laughs) leave that like why are you here you know what part of this if you're still listening here part of these opinions we're having we did read this rather glim is glim a word like grim it's not even it's not what 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 thing are you trying to say sad gray this rather grim is the correct word why did i say glim like glim because you're thinking glib glib Ah, as it is not taking something seriously yeah yep yep so this rather grim book, not not the most happy one. We read this while we were in Iceland. <laughs> so we were, you know, having a great vacation and then had to go back to God, Ephraim wants to kill himself again. <laughs> just like, so maybe well, that has just, to do that is just how he just keeps pushing people away and just being awful to people and doesn't like I, I just don't what, but but what it's strange because thing? it's strange because sometimes there can be like Kaladin, for example, in the beginning of Stormlight and throughout is this depressed character, but you love something about Kaladin. And there's also characters in Joe Abercrombie's series that it's not the depression. Yeah. It's how you treat others. There you go. I'm trying to get you into yeah, no, you into you're your trying actual, to, you're trying to help. Yeah. You're trying to save me from the comments. I'm saying so so, like, oh, Richard yeah, hates depressed people. Yeah, yeah, so no, 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 that's not it. Because you love me, right? Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, you, yeah, you treat others. Uh, <laughs> okay. No, but it's seriously being depressed does not justify you in any way of treating others like shit. Mm. It, I, I hate that of someone taking their own personal insecurities and projecting like, oh, well, I'm I'm only mean to them because like I'm depressed or I have a mental problem. Like, no, screw you. That doesn't give you justification. And so tr- me trying to sympathize with someone treating others like shit because they are sad. No. Richard. Paladin Richard. has depression and he's a good guy. There's He treats others well and does his best. That's, that's all a good point. But when you're sad, you still treat me like shit. And I'm a piece of shit. Doing <laughs> but you make you make an interesting point. I didn't think about it like that. Yeah. It's, okay. That's that's really interesting. At the very least, there's got to be a nugget of understanding, and there was very little uh, understanding with him. Mm. Like, I understand him being maybe his his take against the Republic. I get that. Like, hey, my husband or fiance, I don't know if they exactly got married or not, but boyfriend, husband, whatever, died because of the rising and basically was forgotten about just like another death on the pile and i don't think it was worth it fine he's against the government but against his dead husband's sister and pushing her away and being awful to her no volga who treats who's the nicest person ever just the big old ball of sun you know who'd have a great time adeline adeline and volga adeline and volga volga was the best character in this whole story there's too little of her. There was way too little of her. We need I more. Want more of her. Yeah. And how awful he was to her. Ugh. No, I don't want him anymore. Like, I'm thinking back to the, the character like Glock, Glockta from uh, First Law Trilogy. No, that's not First Law, is it? No, Glockta is from First Law Trilogy. Okay. De- I was like, I, I'm I was, making a yeah. comparison of he's depressed. He's very depressed. Okay. Awful things have happened to him. 
and there's a good nugget of justification on why he is very grumpy and just kind of pissy toward people. Got it. He's in constant physical pain. Like, actual agony from climbing steps. I'm not spoiling anything that's like first chapter here. Mm. Okay, so I'm not spoiling much. Yeah. He's in pain. Like, his greatest enemy is stairs. Because that's how much it hurts. Just gritting his teeth because it's painful every mm-hmm. step. I understand why he's angry at people. Yeah. And when someone comes to him, he's a little pissy. Makes sense. Ephraim, no, it's been 10 years. You don't need to be an asshole to every single person that's nice to you. So you didn't sympathize that, especially with the fact that he was angry to the one person in his life who could relate to his love for a trick. Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah I, I, I don't like it. I very much understand that. And I agree with most of what you said. Most because I think you made fun of me once or twice in there, but it, you know, don't yeah. agree with it. But then we have a couple characters just before we get into plot. Mustang, anything you want to say on Mustang? Or anything you want to say on... Not much, but I mean... Um, Victra? I guess with Mustang particularly, it felt... She felt a little declawed. Like, she's supposed to be really smart, savvy, and it seems like the plot just navigates every, every situation that comes her way. The plot navigates and it's just like, oh, she actually can't get involved. Right. I'm like, she okay, supposedly why? has power but can't use yeah. power, right? Like, what power does she have? She seems to have no authority at all. Yeah. And it just felt weird. Victra. I like Victra as a character, but man. <laughs> I don't know if she really belongs in the Republic. <laughs> I don't know if she really belongs there. But hey, at least she's interesting. I can't say anything on Victra because I think I'm mixing that in Dark Age. I, I don't this know. one, I'll, yeah, where, I'll where's help Victor, you where Where's Victor ends. ends? Yeah. Victor ends because she's basically kidnaps Lyria. Yep. Okay. She yep, 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 was yep. just going on a rampage. And even though Mustang's like, um, Victra, we're, we're like interrogating <laughs> her and trying to get information out of her uh-huh. to, you know, find our kids. Yeah. Could you not like destroy everything? Could yeah. you actually let's do our job? No, I'm going to torture her. It's like, we don't. We're getting the information now. I might disagree. You stop. I might disagree though. I and did. Then, like, they actually found it. Uh-huh. They found the kids, and she's like, oh, "I'm gonna kidnap her." Anyway. Like, what the hell? <laughs> I, I might. I might disagree with you just because I did like that. <laughs> because she's a very clear character to me. I can understand yeah. her motivations, and it wasn't even. It was almost to a point of just revenge. At, at that point. Yeah. No. She's so. at least interesting. I just think she doesn't fit with the Republic, which is <laughs> fair point. Fair point. That's not a criticism on the book. No. It just is more a statement, a, a statement yeah. on the character, and it's provides more fun for the story. That that's fair. And now, what go with the plot? Yeah, let's talk some plot because we kind of mix some plot in there. Sure. What'd you give that out of ten? I get the plot a five point two five. I give it a four. I could be convinced to lower it, but mm, I think it yeah. was it. I the reason why I'm giving it at least the five like a, into the five range is I understand everything. Everything was clearly laid out. I don't think there was any massive plot holes. I may not agree with any of the direction for mm. these things, but it was at least coherent. I understood it. Maybe it didn't just, I didn't agree, but I at least understood. Yeah, fair. I, I wouldn't give it, I'd say I have that expectation too for if anything that's incoherence below a four for sure. But with, this in particular, with the plot in particular, we kind of glossed over some points. Big problem goes to how the four point of views were handled, kind of as we've been broadly covering with did we really need Ephraim and Lyria and all of that for that payoff? Just a, a lot of the bad decision making that I think was made. And I will say the second part of this or of the general plot structure that I liked Mm. Or I shouldn't say general plot structure. I'll say the one thing I really did like about the plot, the best thing I can say is how it ended with Darrow had me going, okay, there's hope for Dark Age. So the best thing I can say is I read I read the book, and although I wasn't enjoying the moments, I it finished with Darrow going, I'm going full Darrow mode next book. And that got me a glimmer of hope. But just keeping this as a story of this whole, I didn't have as much love. What, what do you think? To tack on to that, to your point where you had some hope at the end. Mm-hmm. Is it bad that like I had the opposite reaction of Ooh. like I that happened with Dara and I'm just kind of like, all right, we've seen this before. Mm. And I'm just like, 
all right. I I just didn't expect anything new or interesting. I was like, okay, we've seen that. I guess Darrow's back to Darrow again. All right. I I just wasn't that excited to see. Can I say the one? I I wasn't excited to read Golden Sun again. Yeah. Like no, I've okay. already read those books. No, I'm done. Here here's why I thought that. No spoilers at all for Dark Age because I'm not saying whether this happens or doesn't happen because Dark Age I still liked regardless of what happens in Dark mm-hmm. Age. Remember my complaints about Morningstar, where Darrow needed more character growth? Mm-hmm. The end of Iron Gold for me left on a point of, okay, he needs to make mistakes and still learn. Yeah. If that makes sense. So the end here had me going, oh, it might go into what I wanted in Morningstar. Where Morningstar kind of quickly just resolved Darrow and went to the happy ending. Mm-hmm. Whereas this built up for a more potentially gritty following book. Where Darrow has to, Darrow, you know, if his son's gone, his wife's gone, he's losing everything. He's actually in an all is lost. What's he do? Mm. So I, I guess that's why I was uh, it. It was more interesting at the end. But let's let's agree again and go. Why did the plot not work for you? The big the big point is a lot of it could be cut. Ephraim yeah. and Lyria could like I think Lyria could be cut down to maybe two three chapters. Oh God, it's all you need. Oh, I. I and thing is, I think she could actually be a valuable POV in a much shorter time frame. Mm. Like, just give her two to three chapters, tighten them up. Could be an interesting okay. look into the current Reds of society and the and the Red Hand. Cool. Yeah. Same thing with Ephraim. I think maybe cut down on that beginning stage a little bit. Jump, jump a little forward more. Cut his chapters down. Probably be better. And then with. Darrow's plot we Darrow, already kind of went into with yeah. his catalyst and then how the whole book is kind of as part one of previous books. Mm-hmm. Then how about you give some praise and some flowers to Lysander? Lysander was fun. The the I think the action with Lysander was far more enjoyable than most of the other action in the rest of the book because mm. I liked his way of fighting, just how he overanalyzed stuff. It was like Darrow analyzes things, but Lysander goes a step beyond and it was fun to see that how the fights were really interesting the all the stuff with romulus is great great plot i i loved how they were handling the problems the conflict the drama between it really good that was the highlight yeah especially rao can you tell me where romulus ends basically romulus the uh, kills himself okay yeah yeah yeah. i'm making sure that was okay yeah Yeah, i thought that was a great scene oh yeah yeah, great scene and okay the one thing that got me a little bit like i don't know if it really worked was lysander and romulus's daughter that whole dynamic i don't know if it really worked for me i guess they were trying to do the whole darrow and mustang parallel but didn't work as much what did you think about cassius and Really enjoyed Cassius. You enjoyed Cassius. I I really enjoyed. I love that little family thing they had going on with yeah. the blue Cassius and then, um, okay, Lysander. That was really great. I liked his point of view on how he is redeeming himself and how he step puts himself apart from the from the old empire and also the republic. Interesting. And how it really sets up how. Romulus kind of also thinks that golds need to be the shepherd. They mm. forgot that they were just the point of view of golds are superior, but that they shouldn't be oppressive. Like they're there to lead, not to oppress. Mm. They're there to be the shepherd. So, so it doesn't get rid of that God complex. No, but it, it, it's, it's it almost channels it in it's, a, it's like, almost slightly more. better way. Like at least <laughs> like there are two, like, if you had to pick the two yeah. options, one is better. Like, yeah. objectively speaking... Use your Bob... narcissism in the right direction. Exactly. Come on, <laughs> be, a, be a good egotist. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no. Like, Romulus is actually honorable of, like, how... All that stuff of where they talk about the um, the rationing yeah. and how the Reds are... They're making the Reds ration, but they also... The Golds ration the exact same way. Uh-huh. Like, kind of a quality across the table that... Even the golds have to follow the rules that the golds set up. Like, golds still make the rules. Like, yes, of course, because the golds are the best and superior. They have to make the rules. But they are also subject to them just as much as a red, which is interesting. 
Yeah. At, at least they hold to their own standards. Yeah. I like their culture, which we can get into world building when we discuss that as well. With plot, I think what we're just both going to agree with is that it's a significant factor when I'm reading the book and going on board. Yeah. that That's going to affect enjoyment rating. It's going to... And with three out of the four point of views to you not hitting, that's a huge deal. Until Volga was on page. Until Ephraim's chapters Volga. with Volga? Oh, pretty great. Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. I would have I would have been happy with just throw out all four POVs and just give me a whole book of Volga. That's what I want. <laughs> just Volga going around doing good deeds. Volga doing good deeds would just, be a great book. That's go. all I want. Volga's her adventures. Just, like, just Volga's adventures of her helping out. Everyone's kind of afraid of her because she's an obsidian. But then at the end of her little adventure of helping someone, she goes to the zoo and she pets the animals. Yeah. That's what I want. I want a serialized, episodic adventure series with Volga. Like, even the jackal from the previous trilogy is like, you know, she's not bad. She's not bad. Like, she's too good for this one. This one, I'm not torturing this one. No. <laughs> we need a little... Like, the jackal understands there has to be balance in the world. And for all his evil, Volga balances him out. And he's like, this is a cosmic need. Acceptable. She needs to be here. To balance out my wickedness. That's why I'm here for you. Exactly. You're yeah. the positive nature to my negative Nancy energy. You went with that. I'll take it. Uh, I was. <laughs> I thought you were going to reverse it in some twisted <laughs> manner that you always do. But I'm taking. No, it. I know I'm the negative Nancy. <laughs> Dialogue pros time. Yep. All right. What'd you give it out of ten? Five point five. Six point two five. Yeah, it's maybe a a slight dip in quality compared to his other books, but I think about the same line because. Bruce Brown knows what he's writing. He's a competent writer. He's a very good, an excellent writer. I love his dialogue prose in the first trilogy more so. Mm -hmm. Well, up to this point with Iron Gold, and I won't talk Dark Age yet. But with this book, the biggest thing I because I put this in dialogue prose when I rate is character voice. Now, in the previous in the previous trilogy, it's all Daryl, and the character voice is so real, powerful, and strong. There's literally no problems. Mm -hmm. I had a bit more of a character voice issue with this book. And I get when I'm I get when Ephraim's speaking and Lyria is speaking and I see it, but they they don't have a powerful voice to me. That when when they say a line of dialogue, mm -hmm. I'm not always going, oh, that's that's such a Lyria line. I don't I don't know what a Lyria line is. I don't I don't have her clearly fleshed out. And to some regard, some of the side characters, I also was feeling that as well. But Ephraim had more of a clear voice. It's just, it didn't pop out. It didn't bulge over the page. So it's still very competent and good writing. Better than I could do, of course. But being the sticklers, we are. Character voice, plus a lot of it seeming, maybe, I, I guess I put with my emotions, if the dialogue and prose doesn't seem as profound, like there's not a scene that I'm emotionally invested in, just affects my reading. So I just mm. put it lower overall. Dialogue prose is my one where I just kind of stick a number on the wall. <laughs> it came to a 625, Pierce. I'm sorry. Well, I got my I got my three my three pillars of dialogue and prose. Your three I pillars, look, yeah. I I look can the dialogue in the exact same scene, the same the same line. Can it deep? Uh, can it deepen the character? Does it push the plot along? And does it show me more about the world? All in the same line. For the most part, I think Pierce Brown does all three. He just doesn't really do all three at the same time. Mm. Maybe he does one, maybe does two, but I don't, it's not the, sorry to say it again, Ugh. but it's not your Terry Pratchett level. Yeah, yeah. Terry Pratchett does it best. And I compare a lot of dialogue and prose to him on just that level of technical skill on being to completely fill the, the words with the exact meaning it takes to cover every ground of a story understood and you do this all the time <laughs> understood and with the dialogue prose though it's not bad in the slightest no it's it's good and it just didn't pull me as much as his other books did so that's yeah. what i'll come down to you want to go world building get more interesting here get right into world building world building magic system what'd you give it out of 10 a six out of 10 6.35 so very close why would you say why would you say it was above average for you what were the positive things about the world Everything with Lysander and yeah. Romulus. That was some of the most positive stuff about the book. The biggest negatives on the world building was just the whole Republic and their political structure was like, oh, Lord, 
it, it made it just made me i think i said it to you on the plane while we were reading mm. um that democracy is cringe and it justified that t-shirt i want mm -hmm. i i want a democracy is cringe t-shirt you realize you've said that to me so many times i can't like of course you said it to me on the plane you said it to me in the bathroom when i'm trying to go to the bathroom not Austin, don't forget, democracy is rich. Rich, like, can't leave me alone. It's three a.m. What are you doing? It's just, yeah, it's just your thing now. It is my thing. I this book proved that democracy is cringe. Just have one person decide. Exactly. The, the only problem is you need that one person to be a good person. Hey, look, I'm a fan of rolling the dice. <laughs> Monarchy's great if you actually get the good monarch. It's about getting the good monarch. Just get the good monarch there for 50 years solid. You got a solid 50 years. That's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, after, after I mean, that. Are, you, are you, a, you, you a gambler? You want to roll those dice? <laughs> what, what would be the odds? Like one in what? 500? One in 500 that they're doing? One in 500 odds. I, it's probably lower. I think there's decent monarchs out there in history. <laughs> we, we cover the history of the bad ones, obviously. But there's some good ones that like they don't they're a footnote in history because everything was just okay like <laughs> no and that's problems not, that's not historically significant that like hey for like you know 30 to 50 years things were all right things went swimmingly <laughs> that's not a thing to write about in history books i, I guess you got a point there <laughs> so but yeah you want to roll those dice i think in this book they should have rolled those dice with mustang just be the leader so you didn't like the political structure there no no I, I will say i did like the what we got from the rim very cool with yes. it. so lysander's perspective and deep grave was pretty cool that we learned about that there was some there was uh, i have this down as well the robots we're getting some subtle changes in the world where robots are starting to be more prolific is prolific the wrong word more expansive and they're starting to propagate that's the word mm -hmm. so with with uh, quicksilver having this his whole point of the revolution was i want capitalism to the extreme i want free market everywhere i want to be able to do this now robots are coming into society how will that affect things it's cool uh on yeah. the on the flip side i i, I oh, just know that there's sci-fi that does robots better like the the ai revolution thing i'm just like oh I've seen it done better in other stories where it's like excuse it's me there did i give this a nine I'm surprised it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't surprise. <laughs> yeah, I, it was, I, I will say one bad thing mm. of that was added to the world building, uh, other than just me not being enthralled with the world, where, where okay, two things, sorry. I'm back, I'm going to back up to the this first thing that I want to say. This book was more geared and focused in world building, and the fact that I wasn't as invested in the world is a negative on the world. If that makes sense. Yeah. So if, if the focus of a book is, hey, care about the world. Look, there's all these point of views and all this big world. And I was like, okay, it's good. That mm -hmm. That's a factor. The, the one thing that was added to the world that could lead to future plot holes mm. is the tech that Ephraim used to put into to give Lyria to destroy the whole ship is a very, oh, yeah. um, the technology is just a very almost deus ex machina. I don't want to say that because it's not exactly that in this case. But it's a device that can be used like you're going, okay, if a device like that can exist and kind of just win. Why couldn't they sneak that into a bottle of booze? Right. It's a pretty easy thing. And then to, get that to uh, Venus. Or anywhere. Like, and then it kills. The use the cases of that are huge. And I guess they could be explained a way of like it's impossible to get in super hard tech and et cetera, et cetera. But yeah. just adding that to the world made me go, okay, that's kind of just a, that's basically magic and sci-fi. And it's your God power. And mm -hmm. I, I was a little bit like, oh, okay, that could that could be potentially bad. It also make it it really devalues the importance of Lyria specifically. Yeah, it's like you could means. have done that with literally anybody. Why this big plot? Yeah, why can't you just you know have a pickpocket that does the reverse pickpocket and like just put it in one of the staff's pants? Right. Go to the side of like easiest resistance. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you have to do this months long investigate <laughs> get into the train? Like we gotta get this specific girl. Right. No, you don't. Yeah. Just throw it on the plane. I, I it, yeah, it doesn't seem that hard. It all comes back to Richard just hating female characters in fiction. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's where it really comes down to. And and apparently when you look at this as a scope, you have to say one thing about Iron Gold. In summary, what would you say to that person out there? Um one out of four. 
that you enjoyed. Yeah. 25%. I liked 25% of this book. <laughs> Man, what a depressing note to end on. Yeah. You're more like Ephraim than you think. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't mean it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I hate Ephraim because I hate myself. <laughs> oh, oh. All right. We're going to have, uh, we're going to talk, uh, everybody. I got to go talk to Richard Offset. All right. Bye, everybody. <laughs> What's the problem? We both have the same problems. Then what do we do? I, I mean, I misery help. loves company. <sighs> All right. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.